Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. In my reflections during this month of June, I am trying to follow the calendar fairly closely, our liturgical calendar, that is, and realize that in the first three Sundays of June, we have three extraordinary feast days. I've already spoken about the first, which is Pentecost, and the second, which is the Feast of the Most Holy Trinity. On the third Sunday in June, we celebrate in the United States another very powerful uh, solemnity of the post-Easter season calendar, and that is the Feast of Corpus Christi, of the most precious body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have celebrated the gift of the Spirit and the completion and fulfillment of the ministry of Jesus Christ at Pentecost. We have considered the power of the knowledge of God as a Holy Trinity, a community of love. And now, on Corpus Christi, we celebrate an aspect of our Christian life here on earth which is absolutely essential to our Christian well-being and, in fact, the heart of all Catholic life, the celebration of the Holy Eucharist and the recognition of the true presence of the body and blood of Jesus Christ in the elements of communion. As a young child, in fact, I was in second grade and being prepared for First Holy Communion. We were taught an old hymn, a Latin hymn, to be sung at our First Holy Communion. Now, I grant you, at the age of seven, my Latin was less than perfect. But as you know, most children love the sound of words, as well as the meaning of words. And I thought this was wonderful, the hymn, and I'll remember to my dying day, O esca viatorum, O panis angelorum, O mana celitum. Well, you can imagine how wonderful a sound that is to a child, that he can form his, his lips and his tongue around them, even though... Uh, Father did explain to us what the words meant. It it was the sound that we loved uh, with the the music. But it means, O food of wayfarers, O bread of angels, O heavenly manna. And this is a powerful definition of the gift of the Holy Eucharist and the body and blood of Jesus Christ. It is escaviatorum, food for wayfarers, for people on their journey uh, to heaven. It is a pilgrimage of believers by which they are fulfilling their mission, walking together, realizing the presence uh, and, and the closeness of Jesus Christ, and speaking of it with power and courage. But we are being fed by that body and blood, in order that we might accomplish this pilgrimage. O panis angelorum, O bread of angels. 
I think this is an indication how, in fact, we depend upon the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ to realize that individual seeking of holiness, how we have to draw that presence of Jesus Christ more and more deeply into our lives, and how in seeking that holiness, we pray that through the reception of the body and blood of Jesus Christ, we come more perfectly to imitate the Christ whom we worship, adore, and upon whom we feed. We become what we eat and drink. But it is that source of individual holiness and imitation that is so important. But we also hail this sacrament as mana celitum, heavenly manna, the manna that descended upon the Israelites in their exile in the desert after they left Egypt, and given in a time of distress for the Israelites. And that manna being showered upon them, which was hailed at that time as true bread from heaven, a gift from God that sustained the Israelites in their life in the the Exodus, we come to realize as well that in our pilgrimage, in our own life and personal holiness, We have a responsibility not only to live the reality of the body and blood of Jesus Christ, but to preach it, to evangelize. This is a source uh, of health for us. So many people uh, who have been preparing to become full members of the Catholic Church have told me when I asked them, what has drawn you to it? And so often... They will say one of two things, and sometimes both, but maybe in a different order. They will say, within the church, the Catholic Church, I found a true true, a fullness of truth, and an ongoing uh, meditation upon that fullness of truth. It was important to their lives. But secondly, they tell me about the power of the Holy Eucharist, that they noticed in other Catholic lives, which they noticed was the center of our lives. And in fact, as one individual once said to us, to me, I am seeking the true presence of Jesus Christ, not his true absence. And uh, it's very, very powerful but that it is a gift from heaven. It is mana celitum, poured down upon us. And we pray that by the reception of it, we become more and more worthy of enjoying God's mercy, the forgiveness of our sins, but also of a call to transform the world about us. Because when we come to celebrate the Holy Eucharist, when we come to see the power of that sacrament, and the whole of the liturgical event we know as the Mass, we realize that there are aspects of the kingdom which will be fulfilled in the second coming of Jesus Christ. There are aspects of that kingdom that are already present. It is present within the Holy Mass. It is present in the whole of the community, living now and those forever in heaven. It is the power of a kingdom to which we must pray for its fulfillment. As we do at Mass, every time 
we recite the uh, the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come. For in enjoying the presence of the body and blood of Jesus Christ, we are not only satisfied in our spiritual hunger, but we are also called to drink ever more deeply of it in that deep hunger and thirst we feel will be fulfilled only in heaven. Now, of course, the Feast of Corpus Christi was initially instituted in the Church to face uh, what was a controversy back in the High Middle Ages about what it meant to say that within the uh, sacramental elements of bread and wine, Jesus Christ is truly present in his body and in his blood. Now we know that if we go back to the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John, Jesus tells us very frankly and very openly that unless we uh, eat the body of uh, Christ, we will not have life within us. And he became very explicit about the reality of that sacrament. Although, interestingly enough, uh, in spite of the fact that the Gospel of John has such a powerful Eucharistic uh, teaching in that sixth chapter, in the description of the Last Supper, there is no indication of the institution of the Holy Eucharist, as there is in the three Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But that powerful sixth chapter seems to be John's way of, uh, of describing the institution of the Holy Eucharist. And there was uh, a controversy over how this happened and what it, it means, although the belief in the true presence goes back to the very uh, early church. And in fact, on uh, June the 1st, we celebrated the feast of St. Justin Martyr. He was one of the early so-called apologists, those early Christians who in a very pagan and sometimes hostile world were called upon to explain the the teaching of the Christian faithful. And when uh, Justin Martyr did so in one of his apologies, he said, I want to describe to you exactly how Christians live. And he described our habits, our virtue, our, our hopes, but he also had the first description of the celebration of the Eucharist. Now, this is around the year 150 A.D., in which he said, when we gather, this is what we do. We gather, we sing a hymn, we ask God's forgiveness and his mercy. We therefore first listen to the prophets, that is the Old Testament, and then we hear from uh, the accounts uh, of the gospel. And then there is one, the leader of the community, uh, then explains the gospel to us. And after doing this, we do make an act of faith. And then there uh, is a bringing forth of bread and wine. And then uh, a prayer of thanksgiving is offered. And of course, that's what Eucharist means, uh, thanksgiving. And we present and uh, the bread and wine, the gifts, and they are changed into the very presence of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And he makes it very clear. We no longer see this as ordinary bread or wine. 
This is the true body and blood of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, how to explain it is uh, is another issue. There have been theological controversies over, over how to explain it. But in the uh, high Middle Ages, when the controversy became kind of uh, powerful and even sometimes fierce, the Holy Father that maintained that, in, in fact, in his encyclical, this is the true body and blood of Jesus Christ, he says, and it is aptly called transubstantiation. And it's interesting that uh, the way this was phrased. But in fact, we realize that in this true body and blood, that we have aptly called transubstantiation, we find the fulfillment of the promise of Christ to remain with us always. We participate in the heavenly reality to be fulfilled in the second coming of Jesus Christ. We worship God the Father by participating in the sacrificial redemption of Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. The the Holy Eucharist celebrated, the whole of the Holy Eucharist is a Trinitarian celebration to the Father, through Jesus Christ the Son, and in the Holy Spirit. We realize that in listening to the Word of God, in proclaiming our faith in the reality of God's revelation, in participating in the actual sacrifice of Jesus Christ, asking the forgiveness of our sins and in receiving Holy Communion, we become part of the very life of God. In one last aspect of the teaching on the Holy Eucharist. And that is is one that uh, has raised questions uh, over the past uh, maybe decades now. Why is it that only Catholics can receive Holy Communion? And we have to realize that in the reception of Holy Communion, the recipient must do two things. He must, in receiving the body and blood of Jesus Christ, say that I truly believe this is the body and blood of Jesus Christ. But he also comes to realize, uh, to explain and to accept that in receiving the body of Christ, he also receives the body of Christ, which is the church. And in saying yes, when he is presented with the sacred host, when the priest says the body of Christ and he says amen, it means I accept both the reality of Christ present before me and the reality of the church as his body of Christ. And in that way, we begin to realize that the reception of the Holy Eucharist is not only a remedy, as it is so often called, for mortality. It is a source of great strength, spiritual and physical. It is also a statement of our faith in the continuing presence of Jesus Christ. And it is also a statement of our membership within the community of disciples, the body of Christ, which is the church.
there could be no more powerful bond of union than the common reception of Holy Eucharist. <laughs>